Welcome to a special edition of ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. Today we are proud to announce the ADHD Rewired's Super Amazing Awesome Pants Scholarship Fund. Jessica Stilwell, having just completed the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, thought highly enough of her experience that she could not bear to think of anyone else missing this opportunity due to finances. It is now the pleasure of ADHD Rewired Podcast to introduce the benefactor of the super amazing Awesome Pants Scholarship Fund, Jessica Stillwell. Welcome to a midweek special edition episode of ADHD Rewired. I mentioned on Tuesday's episode that we may have a, a bonus episode, and here it is. Jessica uh, just graduated from the most recent session of the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. And when Jessica first joined, she had shared with me that she had actually received, uh, she was wanting to join this group for a while, but really couldn't afford it. And then she received an inheritance. Her, her grandfather uh, passed away and unexpectedly uh, received an inheritance. And um, she knew right away that she wanted to, to use that money to, to invest in herself, to work on a lot of the challenges that she had been uh, uh, struggling with. And during that screening call, she had said to me or asked me, have you ever done any kind of scholarship fund? Because I'd like to be able to, you know, help somebody else do this. And my first thought was like, wow, that's extraordinarily generous. Let's let's revisit that at the very end. Um, but, you know, also as, as a therapist, as a therapist, I'm always trying to be cognizant of, of, you know, potential conflicts of interest. And I'm like... You know, is she just trying to pay her way to get special privileges in the group? You know, so I wasn't really sure about it. You know, I just met Jessica, uh, you know, over video. And so I wasn't sure about this. So as the end of the group is, uh, is approaching, she, uh, we, we revisit that conversation. And she still wants to do, uh, to provide this, this gift, the gift that in a sense that she was given unexpectedly. And um, so let's kind of start from from there. Did I did I get that story right? You did, yeah. Okay. So the, the gift that she's going to be giving is going to be um, two people are going to be able to sign up for this group for, with basically we're giving two seven hundred dollars scholarships uh, for for the group. Um, so and there'll, there'll be a link in the show notes, and I'll probably mention somewhere. I'll probably record it a little bit later about how that breaks down to monthly payments. But what I want you to hear is the story, because that's a big part of what we do on ADHD Rewired is we share stories. So Jessica, share your story. When, before you joined the group, kind of what was going on with you? So before I joined the group, um, I was, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD a number of years ago, and I had um, always kind of had the same struggles at each of the jobs. And it was one of those things where I would constantly be striving to try to put strategies in place to work better and more efficiently and, um, you know, just to overcome a lot of the typical ADHD issues that we all experience. Um, but I was just not, I just wasn't getting anywhere. Um, and it didn't matter how hard I tried, I just kept, you know, running into the same obstacles. So 
I've been listening to your podcast for, um, I think I started listening to episode number three, actually. And the, you had meant, you started talking about this ADHD accountability group. Um, I work with an individual ADHD coach as well. And one of the things that we had always talked about is kind of having more accountability for myself. And I thought, well, an accountability group of people with ADHD, that seems to be exactly what it is that I'm looking for. I need accountability for certain things. So um, I really, really, I really wanted to join it. I just, at the time when I first heard about it, I didn't have the means. I desperately wanted to be a part of this group. I just knew that it was going to be a game changer for me. And I wasn't able to um, until I received this inheritance from my grandfather. And that was you know, the first thing I earmarked it for was to join the the the, um, the accountability group, and then um, I also knew that it was important because because I was in that situation for so long, for probably close to a year, I just I knew that I needed the assistance. I just couldn't afford it, and so I wanted to try to make that. I didn't want other other people to be in that same situation. It's the worst feeling to know that something will help and you just can't do it because of something as simple as not being able to afford it. So I just wanted to help with that if I could. And it's uh, I was I was um, talking with uh, with Lori Depar uh, yesterday, who's, uh, who's as you know is my coach, and um, and I was talking to you the other day too about how you know this this uh, this gift has been like it just I was kind of overwhelmed by it uh, in, in a positive way and like the like it's such a, an extraordinary act of, of generosity and, and paying it forward that it was um um it, it was it, it meant just so much to me and um but i was also overwhelmed with logistically of all right so i've never had i've never like had something like this how do i actually get the word out so people are aware of this you know we have like less than two weeks before registration closes, I want as many people to who uh, to, to be able to hear this, um, who really want to be able to to join the group to be able to benefit uh, from this. Um, and so, I want to create some kind of a, a sort of a simple contest where you're uh, writing something, basically indicating what uh, why you think you would benefit uh, from this. Um, and so, basically, that's what we're going to be doing. And I'm going to uh, uh, at the end of our conversation i'm going to clarify what the actual rules are for the uh for the um scholarship um but it was just you know and and i made the comment to you you know i just wish i could make a magic wand occur where the money gets transferred and then it's everyone knows about it and then the the applications start coming in and you, you made this comment like oh yeah sort of what i thought it would be like too and you know so it's like i, I had yeah <laughs> you exactly. gotta write the copy like, oh, this is a great idea <laughs> so um but, but it's extraordinary so uh um, truly thank you thank you so what i want you to talk about too you know you had said to me that when you uh first joined the group you want you, you said to me a couple things one you have zero working memory and <laughs> yeah. and even at that time i'm like well i get that you're struggling with your working memory but the fact that you could hold a multi uh a complex sentence together says you don't have zero working memory, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah right. but I have, you know. So, and you're like, I want, I want to get to inbox zero. I want to be more productive. I'm constantly overwhelmed at work. You know, and a lot of the things that a lot of people who join this group say. And the, the one thing that uh, and we, we were just talking about before we hit record is you were really stressed. You were just, I think, uh, you were pushing yourself really hard. Um, so, which says you're a very driven person. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't say that you were, I don't think you were happy with the place that you were at at that point. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, that's definitely true. I just, you know, I, I have a hard time saying no. I just kind of whatever, I'm, I'm pretty fluid with dealing with whatever, whatever the situation is around me. And a lot of times I just kind of accept whatever responsibility there is, you know, if there's, if nobody clearly steps forward and says, Hey, I'll do that. I'm, I just naturally kind of take that on. And I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of at maximum capacity with that. So, um, but I didn't realize it. Will you talk a little bit about uh, your, the, your work sleep productivity cycle? (laughs) So, well, I'm not doing it anymore, but, um, Typically, what I would do before I started this group is, so I have two small children. I have a three-year-old and um, a 20-month-old um, at this point. And who, by the way, are they, both extraordinarily 20- cute. They, they are. I know. They, they really are. Um, <laughs> I'm not just saying that. They're cute kids. Um, but they, you know, they are very, they're very loving. They're very, you know, they're three and eight and, and 20. I don't even know, 20 months. Um, so they're demanding. It's a lot of work. Um, so I would typically, you know, I am the one who kind of puts them to bed. I have the nighttime routine. Um, we, we all co-sleep just because I was never able to figure out the crib thing and getting them to sleep usually involves me laying in bed with them until they fall asleep. So that can take, you know, that would take anywhere from half an hour to two hours based on situation. Um, you know, because I'm not so good with routines, so (laughs) I never got a bedtime routine down. So would do that, get them to sleep, and then I would um, either crash at that time because I've been laying in bed for two hours, or I would tr- try to work um, at night after they went to sleep, um, Very usually very late at night, starting after 10 or 11, um, not actually being productive or working, just making myself try to be, so I would, uh, and there were, there were definitely um to get into a habit where I would keep pushing myself to try to get something done to a point that it would be to try to go to sleep and then wake up would just be worse than just staying up all night. So um, the other thing that I, and that, that didn't happen as frequently, but my standard would be to, you know, put my kids to sleep and then I would set my alarm for three to three thirty in the morning. And then I would get up, um, you know, between anytime between three and four I would log on, I would try to squeeze in as much work as I could, and then I would have to get, um, you know, get my kids ready, get me ready, and then go to work, get to work, and then work until, you know, five or six the next day. Wow. So even you were averaging about three to four hours of sleep. Yeah, I would say good. a really good night would have been five hours. Um, five hours, six hours is like, because it's kind of unheard of. Um, but I, I would say, I would say maybe four hours would be average. Okay. And uh, what are you doing now and what helped you get there? So during the accountability group, everybody kept talking about sleep. And um, one of the one of the really neat things about the accountability group at the very beginning was just hearing that everybody had sleep issues, which I, I kind of knew, but hearing it and hearing other people experiencing the same things that you are is definitely different than just knowing that it's out there. Um, and with that, 
there was this big push within the group to have better sleep hygiene. And I was like, whatever. Like, I, I don't need sleep. You're, you're I can... pissed about this, too. You were like, so annoying. Don't they know how much work I have to do? I, I, I don't have to sleep. Exactly. So I would just kind of be like, eh, whatever. I don't want to tune out. And really, I did. I really did have that thought of I have too much work to sleep. I, I cannot focus on my sleep because it's going to get in the way of me trying to keep up with everything else that I'm trying to do. Um, but eventually, I don't even know why, but eventually I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe this sleep thing is kind of a bigger deal than I thought. So I did kind of join the, the group initiative to try to get a better sleep schedule. Um, it, I think it probably took me a couple of weeks to even acknowledge that it might be an issue. Um, and then I, um, and then I did, and I, it, it was very slow at first to a point where I would be trying to work through the night and then I would be like, you know what, it would get to a point where I'm not being productive. I really should just go to sleep. Um, so that happened a couple of times. I think maybe the first time I just thought about it and then continued working, but then eventually I would actually stop what I was doing, go to sleep. And that was really just kind of the start of me taking better care of myself Overall, that was definitely the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, the, the thing that starts everything else. I, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 but what you're describing too is part of how, the, how the change process works. You know, you're first, you're kind of contemplating mm -hmm. it, you know, and then you're kind of sort of getting ready to do it. And, and now you've been doing it and you, I, you know, in the group we were, we were posting our, uh, we used the uh, sleep apps. Um, most of us were using sleep cycle and we were posting that every mm -hmm. night and you were really consistent about posting that. And, uh, and I, I took, pro yeah. I took joy when you got a better sleep score than I did <laughs> because when I was seeing your sleep scores at first, I was like, Oh my God, like, does, does Jessica understand why she's struggling so much? Like, this is the reason why she's struggling so much because she's getting, what was your sleep, your sleep percentage scores? Like, 30%, 40%. The average was 40. It was, it started at 30. It got up to like 40%. 40% yeah. So it was, um, and I did not, I had no idea. I had no idea. And what are you at now? I think I'm averaging, I'm occasionally getting up to the 80s. Um, um, I think I'm averaging 70%-ish. There's still some ways to go, but but a vast improvement overall. That's a huge improvement. And I haven't, yeah, I have not, um, I have not done an all-nighter in, in many years, or I'm sorry, in many weeks. Um, and I'm typically getting up at, I think really I'm just listening to what my body is telling me. If I try to get up at three o'clock and it takes me 45 minutes to get out of bed because I'm so tired, maybe I should just sleep a little bit longer. <laughs> so I started to do that as well. Um, and overall, it's been a huge improvement. So what are, what are the benefits that you've been seeing uh, at work at home? Well, I one of the biggest challenges for me is with my job is, um, you know, I'm kind of trying to do something that doesn't really – I'm trying to do something that my brain doesn't naturally want to do. And before I was – before I started taking better care of my sleep, I would constantly think about what I needed to do, but I was not able to actually execute it. Um, and everything was fuzzy. I was just constantly walking around in the brain fog. I was, and the big thing is I was not able to manage stress well. Um, the stress, so just 
going into work knowing how behind I was on things, I would have this incredible anxiety about it. And I was not, it would give me physical symptoms. Um, you know, I would have a hard time taking deep breath and my stomach would be bothering me. But when I was able to, um, when I started taking better care of myself sleep-wise, I noticed that I was definitely able, that that level of anxiety was greatly reduced. And I was able to kind of think, it just wasn't as high, first of all, and then the anxiety that I would feel about how behind I was on things, I was kind of able to prioritize it a little bit more and just manage it better. And um, and when you're not constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, it's easier for you to support. It's just easier for you to work in general and get through your day. You were telling me uh, the other day about the the sort of unexpected um kind of benefits, the unexpected uh, things that you got out of the group. Will, will you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's, I think that's so important. Yeah. So I think the, um, and I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of working through some of the benefits of the group um, because when I, my intention for joining the group was to have basically have people that were willing to provide me with accountability for the things that I wanted to do, which is be more efficient at work and more productive at work. Um, and all this other, you know, all this other sort of hippy dippy stuff. I really had no interest in it at first. I was very much against was, you know, taking care, this, care of the self care stuff. I'll oh, give me a break. Give me the inbox oh, zero. That's what I want. Right? Self care. Everybody kept talking about it. <laughs> and, I, and for, you know, I didn't get it at first. Like I just didn't understand it. The first half of the, I would say the first half of the, the group, the first five weeks or so, I was really resistant to it. And everybody would say, like, you're so stressed. And I'm like, stress? No. <laughs> it's just life. Deal with it. Um, but, and I remember there were even times where I would get angry during a group when everybody would start talking about self-care. I'm like, okay, how does being kind to myself help me when I'm sitting at work and a million people are asking me for a million things and that, that doesn't help because it doesn't change the fact that I still need them. I remember that you, you but, asked, I remember that specific question that you asked. You're like, I want to ask a question. This may, this may seem like it may be like a stupid question or something. Like maybe I'm just not getting it. How is self-care going to actually help me? It doesn't make sense. And you were just like, you had, yeah. this, you had this sort of like chip on your shoulder when you asked it, you were, just, you were pissed. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, kind of, I was, I was not, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get how, how this concept is going to help me in my situation. Um, you know, because I work around neurotypical people and they're expecting me to work neurotypical ways. And I just didn't see, I didn't, I was not able to connect the two. Um, but I think the start of that was somebody, I, I remember I kind of, I, I asked that question and then I think somebody said, just why don't you try to listen to Brene Brown? And I was like, everybody keeps talking about her too. Why do I just, I don't want to deal with that too. So I was like, all right, if everybody is talking about this. And by then I think I had started to see the sleep maybe improving a little bit. So I was, so I, I, I actually did listen to the Brene Brown book. I don't even remember which one it was on um, just the audible version on my way to work and home from work every day. And um, I did not, expect to get anything from that and I was fully anticipating it being a waste of my time but I did and that was um 
that was really kind of a catalyst. That's the word I was thinking of before. That was a catalyst for um, kind of all the other changes that I've that had had kind of um, accelerated and and happened by the end of the group. I mean, I think over the last just couple of weeks that uh, in the last like maybe a week or two in the group, especially and uh, the few times we've talked uh, uh, following the group, just I've seen you smile more than I've seen you smile the entire time with the group. I mean, it's 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 extraordinary. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's talk about a, a story of transformation. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's so it's so fulfilling for me to know that that this occurred as you being for you know as a result of you being part of of this group. Yeah, and I think, you know, because part of the part of the um, for me, you know, I have I have the two small kids. I have not a lot of support at home um, as far as you know managing just the household and being able to manage my work. Um, I so I had no support system basically. You know, I I didn't have anybody that understood what I was going through. I um, and that's not to say that my family is not very loving and understanding. They just, I felt like I had nobody. I felt like I was on an island. Um, I was dealing with everything my, on my own. Um, nobody was getting me. And then even at first with the, with the ADHD, with the accountability group, starting with that, you know, I'm working in, you know, kind of a, prof- in, a in a professional setting in a corporate office every day. Um, and most of the people in the group were not in that situation. They had kind of, more they had more free time they had jobs that were probably better suited to people's ADHD so I was even even at first within the group I was feeling very alone in that my situation I I didn't really have anybody to relate to but slowly over time I realized that the things that were really kind of hindering my progress forward were the things that had nothing to do with my corporate work situation and had much more to do with my you know, just how I handle everyday, everyday things, everyday scenarios. Um, and uh, I think for from that aspect, probably the turning point was um, kind of earlier on in the group. I had a situation at home that was um, that was pretty tough, and I actually had reached out to everybody in the group to ask them just to let them know what's going on and just say, "I need support. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I just need support right now." and I was pretty overwhelmed by how, um, how caring and how, just how, um, how everybody immediately provided me with confirmation that I, what I was doing was the right thing. Um, and that I had, and that they were there for me. Um, so that was, that was unexpected and, uh, really, really helped me make significant changes in the time since you um, and help me get through that night that was that too was huge what what was huge i'm sorry what was that i'm sorry you, you said something was huge and i missed that it's just the fact that uh, you know i was going i was going through a very very that night just that one evening mm-hmm. was very difficult and i even though i had you know I, I was able to manage it on my own. I was still that night. I was probably feeling at the lowest I felt in a very long time and having that support there got me through the night intact and feeling good about what I was doing. Would you be willing to share, you shared in, uh, in the, the group 
um, in the Facebook group about um, a, a win that you had uh, between you and your husband and kind of just telling uh, yeah. uh, just what you needed? Yeah, so um, one of one of my biggest struggles is that my um, with my husband, you know, a lot of times he is very good at telling me what he needs, um, <laughs> and so he'll tell me what he needs, and he'll just do it. Um, and I'm the opposite, where I'll say, "Hey, I need to, you know, I need to do this." Well, no, I want to do this. Okay, I'll I guess I'll take care of the kids. So. Um, I was having, so I don't have any time to myself, basically. I have the kids hanging on me 100% of the time, um, and I love them, but, you know, so every so often I'd like to not have a little tiny person physically on me. Um, so I had had a, I'm an introvert as well, so I definitely need some time to process things. I need time to myself, um, which is something else I, I had recently discovered was huge for me. And I had had a very unfriendly introvert day. I went to a, a birthday party with people that I I was acquaintances with some of them, and I didn't know anyone else. And it was a kid's party, and there were kids running all over the place, and some of them were like, you know, and then my kids were there, and my husband is like having a great time, and I'm looking at their kids, and it was just, it was tough. And I didn't want to go in the first place, so I was, I was kind of, Mad that I had to go, and then I was running after kids, and I was ready to leave by the time I got there. So by the time I got home, I was kind of, I was definitely completely depleted. Um, and I had actually asked him if he could come up and take one of the kids. Um, so I had taken them both up to bed. I was laying in bed with them. Um, one of them was up, one of them wasn't. I asked him if he could come up, take one of them to let the other one sleep. Um, and he said, oh, he, he basically said, well, if I take him, he's going to start screaming, which is what he usually says when I ask him to do something with any of the kids. Um, so normally I would just kind of be like, fine. And I'd be bitter about it and angry about it. And I would just deal with it. Um, but in this situation, I thought about, and I was like, you know what, if I don't make a change for myself, nothing's going to change. So I thought about it for a couple of minutes. And then after I was realized that I need to actually do something about it, I, and this was all through text because he was upstairs and I was upstairs. Um, he had gone for a walk while I was in bed. I told him when he came back, he needs to take the kids. He said, no, I'm screaming that he would be screaming if I take him. So I told him that's fine. I'll keep them, but I need time to myself tomorrow. I need to have some time by myself to decompress. You know, and I didn't hear back from him. Um, so I was anticipating that he was either going to ignore the question, and when I brought it up again, it would start a fight, or that he would just have an excuse and it would it would just start something. But um, what actually happened was about 20 to 30 minutes after that, he came up to check on how we were doing, which in and of itself is unusual. Um, and then he said, yeah, you can take whatever time you need tomorrow. And I was um, complete. I was, I was. I think I was so shocked that he <laughs> said that actually that I didn't say anything for a minute. And then I was like, okay, thanks. Um, that, that is, I think, the first time that's ever happened in such a cordial way. First time that I've ever actively said I need time to myself because I am not doing well right now, and it was and he reciprocated in a way that was 
what what would what people should do. They should say, okay, I understand, and I'll let you have it. So um, that was a big win for me. It was a big win. So you're 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 self advocating for for what you need. You're you're honoring yourself. Yeah. And and uh, you know you're you're saying that as a result of the of the things that you've gotten out of this group, you've been able to do that. I I didn't understand the concept of. And that goes back to the self-care. I didn't know that was self-care. I didn't know that that's how that would play into my daily life. I had no idea that that is a connection there, that I need something, I need to ask for it. That's self-care. So if someone were to, to say, you know, I, I heard you were in this uh, coaching group and there's all this self-care, you know, stuff and they... You know, and I heard that sometimes people cry. I don't want any of that. You know, uh, all I want to do is figure out how to plan my day to set and actually achieve my goals, um, figure out how to keep my desk clear. Like, should I even join this group? Because all I, all I want is productivity. I don't know what, I don't know who would think that. That's completely foreign. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I would say to them is it's fine to go into it thinking that because that's exactly what I wanted out of this group. That is exactly what I wanted out of this group when I started. And I didn't want anything more and I actively resisted anything more. But just be open to the fact that whether whether that's your intention or whether that's your goal, you there's definitely uh, there's a big possibility that there's going to be other aspects that other people are going to point out. Um, Eric, you mentioned in one of the sessions about blind spot. This was a big blind spot of mine. I had no idea that this was, um, that this was a problem for me. Um, and you might just having that many people that are in a similar situation as you, and they're able to see things in you that you can't see and pointing it out. And I think for me, it takes a while for me to kind of catch on to things sometimes. And it took me a while to catch on to it. And then once I did, I started to see that change. So just being aware that, yes, you may, you will, I'm sure you will definitely go into this group with one set of goals and um, with, with one set of goals. And then throughout the process of this accountability group, um, just be aware that that may completely shift and you might end up on the other side of it with a completely different set of aspirations based on your experience. And um, how, how many times, if you recall, did you actually get to inbox zero? I know there was at least once. Oh yeah, there was once. There was one time. Um, yeah, no, I'm not, I was never at inbox zero because emails, that's like a whole other monster, <laughs> but there's this other system that I have that I've constantly, it's a constant struggle for me. Um, similar to emails. And one time I did. I did get two. So, <laughs> I did get there once. So just so you know, Jessica, you uh, you achieved inbox zero more frequently than I did during the course of the group. Just you know, so <laughs> if that makes you feel good, I want I want you to have that. Um, so yeah, it's it it's does feel good. <laughs> um, what about other other um, kind of specific uh, uh, tools or strategies that you did actually gain from outside of the self care? I did actually. Um, so there was, you know, there were a couple of people in, in the group, you know, I think for, when I first started the group, I was disappointed that there weren't more people there in a professional setting that would be able to completely relate to what I was going through. 
there was um, there was one person in the group that was in a, had been in two people that had been in similar corporate situations, um, but everybody else was it's just from a, a huge variety of roles. And the you know I, I got some I actually did get some really really useful feedback from one of those people that were in a corporate role, um, and we ended up being accountability partners, and that that was huge. So. Um, that aspect was was definitely useful, and I apply that to my daily. I, I try to apply that as much as possible in my profession, in my job. Um, but the interesting thing is that a lot of some other insights that specifically helped me do my job a little bit better came from people that had nothing to do with a corporate background and were not in a corporate background at all. And just having them being able to offer insight from a totally different perspective was is gold. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, sometimes when you're like so, uh, you know, in the the thick of it, it's hard to actually see the solutions that actually might be right in front of you. It, it sort of requires that ability to think outside the box to realize, hey, there's this thing over here that you could do. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's well, nobody ever does like that, but there's no reason why we can't. Exactly, and you know, but I would say even more than that, just the thing that I kept, thing that I heard over and over and over again was this does not seem to be a good fit. Um, and, and you, you know, didn't for want me, to hear I was that. like, I did not want to hear that. No, he <laughs> was like, yeah, no, I, yeah, but I just, no, it's fine. I can, I, I can deal with it. I can I, figure it out. I think I actually the first how. time that I brought that up to you, I think you very quickly shut that, that even that whole notion down. <laughs> You're like, you know, this is not, I need to take, I have, I'm providing for my family. Like I, that's not even, I'm not even thinking about that. I need to know how to be more effective and get through my, my tasks and everything at work. That's what I need. And, yeah. <laughs> and now you, you just shared with me uh, last week that what? So I, I shared with you last week that, um, you know, I, I basically, I am just one day I woke up and I was thinking about everything that I had to do at work. And it's, it's not that I'm not trying because the amount of hours that I put in are just astronomical. Um, but I kind of one day and I was just like, man, I would just be okay if I was somewhere else. And that I, I had never, I had not had that thought before. I had not, that had not even come to my come to mind because I love, I love the concept of my job is great. I love the people I work with. It's just the role that I'm in doesn't suit me. Um, and it doesn't suit the way that my brain works. So I've, you know, since the group and, and even with the group, I've kind of gotten some more insights into how I work and how I'm trying to accommodate it, my job without even realizing that I'm doing it. And um, I realized that, you know what, maybe I do need to find either develop something where I am or find a place that I can work the way that my brain wants to. Um, and that, I, that was, that was big. That was a big deal for me. To even just have even just acknowledging that <laughs> it's big. You, you said that you, um, you know, through the, the course of this group at the end, you, you kind of just learned to just kind of be okay with the way your brain works. Not that you're like throwing your hands up in the air and say, Oh, well, like, you know, I'm not good at that. It's, it's you're you're having more compassion for yourself. Um, and, and considering other options uh, for yourself. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, because we, 
you know, this is, it's not something, if somebody can't see 100% clearly, they wear glasses. If somebody has a physical ailment, you know, it's normally, it's okay, and you can talk about it. Um, but, you know, I feel like I've, for me, I've had, I've had, um, I've had repercussions from, um, from, from, what I'm looking for, I'm losing it again, I'm sorry, from acknowledging, from saying, from telling my employer that I had ADHD, you know, I would always, I guess I'm the eternal optimist. I always think that it's going to get better. I just don't know how. And if, so, you just try you know, harder, right? Just try. That is like my big thing. Just, I'm not trying hard enough. So, um, you know, with, with this job, um, I forgot, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I completely forget where I completely forgot where I, I was going it. with that. I love it. I do that. I do that all the time. Um, you were t- so it was the I was talking about how you said that you you've learned to kind of just be okay. And oh yeah. About, yeah, so okay, yeah. So I learned how I learned that it's okay for my brain to be neuroatypical because you know at the at some of the jobs that I'd had before that I did get kind of. You know, I, I was fired from one because of it. Um, you know, I got, I got, and another job that I, I wasn't fired from it, but there was definitely a shift in, um, you know, my, the way that everybody worked with me. Um, so it's not something that I want to disclose. And work, and so having this kind of, you know, knowing that you work differently than other people, knowing that things are harder for you than other people, and not being able to talk about it. And still having the expectation come in to you that you need to perform in a way that is not conducive to how you are, that, you know, for me, I was, that's why I just went to the, I just need to work harder. I just need to do more. I just need to put in more hours because I didn't have anybody telling me that it's okay that your brain works this way mm-hmm. and you're not working in a place that lets your brain work that way. Um, so since I didn't have that, I was just having people telling me, you know, you just need to figure it out. You just need to do a job. Um, you believe it after a while. So having having a group of people saying, no, you know, it's you, your brain doesn't work that way. It's okay. Like just, you know, maybe maybe you need to find something that is more, you know, that fits you more. And after a while, it took a while for that to sink in, um, but it did. And once I was open to it, it's you know, again, it's, it was another game changer. Like, okay, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe no amount of hours in the world is going to fix this issue. And I need to find something that works better because it is just, you know, it'll be easier and it'll every, it'll just, you know, everything will change if, if you can just do a job that isn't, you're not swimming upstream the entire way. Jessica, what I'm hearing is that being able to to once you're able to own your story, then you're able to write your own ending. And so it, it it's really, um, yeah. it, it, I'm hearing you write, uh, you're, you're changing the course of, of your story right now. You're changing the course of where, where you're going to be going right now because you're, you're owning it, you're accepting it, um, and you're working at it. You know, acceptance is not a throwing your hands up in the air and just saying, I don't really care anymore. It's like, trying to really say, okay, I, I know I have challenges. Where am I going to be best suited so I can actually uh, use my strengths 
instead of just trying to to you know be quote unquote normal like everybody else um because mm-hmm. i i'm i'm really bad at playing normal um i just so i don't even really try right it's like i mean on my voice mm-hmm. on my voicemail i say please do not leave me a voicemail they like, go to my website and, <laughs> and schedule a call with me because i know like if i said it, it shouldn't be hard to return a call like but I, i'm being honest with myself it's like i'm bad at returning calls right i I, right. I work on it. I try to, but a track record isn't good. And I, I've acknowledged that. And so it's like, is that sort of not normal to be a business owner where people are trying to get in contact with me? And I said, please don't leave me a message. You know, that's <laughs> honoring myself. And the funny yeah. thing is and I had someone recently say to me, I know you said you don't want me to leave you a message, but I'm really bad at the computer. And I, if you don't leave, call me back, I, I, I understand but and when I heard her say that, I was like, all right, I'll call you back. And I call her back like right away. <laughs> so it's like, so part of it's like when the expectation is, all right, someone's waiting for me. And now it's like the pressure's on. And it's, you know, and that's just that's the ADHD piece, right? And so it's learning how to to make those accommodations kind of around ourselves to support ourselves so we can, you know, really uh function in our in our kind of zone of genius, right? And being prompt and returning phone calls is not in my zone of genius. <laughs> right. So exactly. There's so many things that I'm really, really good at that other people are not good at at all. And I like doing those things and other people hate doing those things. And it's in, and you know, for me, the, the, the accountability group got me to the point where I am now comfortable saying, I'm not good at this. I am good at this. How about we do, how about we do this? And if not, then, and, and before I think my fear was, they would be like, nope, sorry, you know, and I then start the decline of trying to continue to do what I did and until, you know, until they were just like, no, no more. But now it's like, okay, I, I, this is what I'm good at. I'm going to ask for it. If they say no, then that is telling me that I need to find someone that will say yes. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Um, now, Tell me the name, because I want you to say it, the name of this the scholarship fund. Um, so it's the super, oh, but I can't remember it. Hold on. It's on my, I have it on my, on my phone. It's the, um, the super awesome, amazing pants scholarship fund. Okay. The, I have it super, super amazing, awesome pants scholarship fund. Super amazing, awesome pants. Scholarship, yes, it's a super amazing, awesome pants scholarship. So, what is that? What is that? Where's that? Like, it's the name. I mean, I, I love it because it's like random. I'm like, what is that? Which is why I like it. But what's the story behind it? Well, so I'm, a, I, um, I guess it's getting to the point where I'm, it's, I'm getting too old for to be cute. I love cartoons, I really do. Um, I've been watching SpongeBob SquarePants since I was in high school, so. I love SpongeBob and I'm super psyched that my kids like it too because now we all get to watch it. Um, so anything that's awesome, I just put pants on it. So my daughter's cranky, she's sassy pants. My uh, my son is cranky, he's cranky pants. This is an awesome thing, so it's awesome pants. I love it. I love it. It's uh so the the ADHD rewired super amazing awesome pants scholarship fund contest. The, uh, the details will be, uh, you maybe heard them at the beginning of this. Maybe you're going to hear them again at the end of this. Since I haven't recorded that, I have to just speculate on what might happen. Um, Jessica, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for for providing uh, this 
to to two people uh, for this contest for people to be able to to join who might not otherwise uh, be able to join. Uh, it's it's incredible. It's it's uh, I mean it's it's overwhelming. It's hard for me to not get choked up about it every time I talk about it. Um, <laughs> so thank you and congratulations on everything that that you have achieved. It's uh, it, it's inspiring. It is really inspiring. Um, I just want you know you should be really proud of yourself and, and thank you for sharing your story uh, here with us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad to come on to talk about it. And I would, you know, for me, the biggest thing was I felt so alone before I had people that were like me, that cared about me. And that was huge. So, you know, I think if anybody who is feeling alone, this is a great opportunity to kind of get through that. Any final thoughts that you want to leave uh, listeners with? Um, you know, I think that, I think that was my final thought. <laughs> Just that, that, that sounded like a final thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you're feeling alone, this is great. Jessica, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we will get this out. Um, hopefully we'll get this out tomorrow. All right. Awesome, Pam. <laughs> Thanks. Hello again, everybody. I hope you enjoyed learning about Jessica Stillwell. I am Tom Nardone, and while I am not the producer of ADHD Rewired, I find myself playing as such in real life. Eric only had time to shoot me a quick audio file from his iPhone for an outro, but I determined the quality of the file was not worthy of what you have come to expect from this show. Having said that, for details about how to enter the super amazing Awesome Pants Scholarship, go to erictivers.com forward slash awesome pants. Once again, that is erictivers.com forward slash awesome pants. And on behalf of all of us here at ADHD Rewired, we would like to say, Jessica, thank you for your time today, and thank you for your generosity. You bring great honor to the ADHD community and know that your gift will ultimately change someone's life for the better. I am Tom Nardone, you're welcome, and we will see you next time.